Yo, yo, yo. You are listening to In My Way Podcast. This is episode 10. I am your host, Brian Geller, DC. Today's guest is longtime friend, Charles Chaz Maloney. Uh, he is a member at my old gym, Mustache Fitness, in Buffalo, New York. Um, I recorded with the owner a couple times now, um, Carly Skarpinski, who now actually has his own podcast, uh, The Carol and Marge Show, with another dear friend of mine, Maggie. You can check that out on uh, All Things Podcast. Today was a good episode, a long one. It was a two-hour-long episode. Uh, no music at the end. I think it was long enough. Um, it was a heavy episode, I think, to say the least. Um, I, I, I don't know what else to say. For those of you that know Chaz, um, probably know his story by now. For those of you that do not know Chaz, get to know his story. Take a couple hours out of your day. Listen to it. Um, this is a podcast, or sorry, this is an interview that I've been wanting to do now for quite some time. Um, I spoke about it with Carly back in sometime last year. Uh, sorry, uh, actually January of this year. We, uh, we, we, we kind of spoke about him very, very briefly. He reached out to me. He's like, Hey, just listen to the podcast. We'd love to come on. And I said, yeah, it's a no brainer. And, uh, past few months we've kind of been on lockdown and recently we reached out to one another again. And I was like, are you good coming over? And he said, absolutely. Um, I can't stress enough how, uh, how, I don't want to say fun. I feel like that's a, uh, not a great way to put it, but how, how excited I was to actually record this, uh, episode today. You'll, you'll hear my, me sharing my excitement later on, uh, to the point where I was, I was nervous, uh, where I was just like, ah, I just kind of want to cancel, but I am so fucking glad I did not cancel. So, Really, really good episode. You can find Chaz on uh, on Instagram at jimdad150. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at BrianGellerDC, G-E-L-L-E-R. Again, I'm not really checking my Instagram as often. Um, I'm not checking my DMs. Um, if you want to get on, you got some stuff to say, want to talk, want to get on the podcast, even if it's 10 minutes, by all means, shoot me an email. Uh, you can find my email on my Instagram uh, or shoot me a text if you have my number. If not, find it from somebody. Uh, if you're a band and you want to uh, share your music on the next episode, let me know. Uh, enjoy today's episode. Thank you, guys. All right. Today I have Mr. Charles Chaz Maloney. Thank you very much for coming here. Jim Dad in the house. Jim Dad. Uh, so firstly, I would like to thank you for being the first person in mm, version number three podcasting room. Um, it's made it made a lot of changes, uh, for those of you who have seen the first rendition and then the second one, I am now in my basement wood paneling. Uh, I've got a little gym in here. Um, it kind of smells like sauerkraut a little bit. Got laundry going, so thank you very much for for coming, and also thank you for being, uh, I guess, brave enough to brave COVID and come into my house. <laughs> so when I texted you the other day, and I was like, "Are you sure you want to meet in my home?" and then you said, "I'm I'm sturdy." What did you say? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm sturdy. I'm good. That's right. So that's right. So thank you very much for for coming. So my pleasure. Uh, let's get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who yeah. are you? <laughs> Who the ex existential question yeah. of life, yeah. huh? Who am I? Um, you know, I guess you, I had to sort of split it into into two uh, phases. Uh, you know, pre October, yeah. <laughs> pre November, and post November. 
you know, pre, I was, you know, a husband, a father, son, brother, mm-hmm. uh, a friend, yeah. <laughs> confidant, so to speak. You know, post, uh, post-November, uh, I'm a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, but aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so for anybody who's been following you on Instagram, uh, already kind of has a general idea, and we'll get to it. I don't want to jump right into it, you know, right off the bat. We'll kind of lead into it, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just really want to say like how excited I am again. Um, not that I'm not excited to interview everybody that I have, but I'm just you, the the fact that you're so so willing to share, and I mean, you you have such a unique experience. Um, you know, dealing with, uh, it's prostate cancer, right? Not to, to right. take the prostate cancer, dealing with the prostate cancer, being a, um, an older master's lifter, uh, with your record at, uh, was it five Oh, five Oh one, five Oh one and change one and change, um, 501 pounds that is. Um, so I, it's, it's just such a new experience. You know, a lot of the people that I've already interviewed have been, mm, I don't know. It's, you know, all different kind of walk walks of life, but, uh, I just, this is the community that that I love, right? This is kind of what got me into doing a lot of what I do. I love the whole powerlifting community. Well, for the most part, not all of it. That's a little overzealous. Um, but yeah, so so thank you again. Um, no worries. So yeah, so what do you do? Um, well, now you know that uh, pre-retirement, uh, I was in financial services. Mm-hmm. Uh, ran a uh, you know, if you look on LinkedIn, look at my uh, CV. It's fairly extensive but that uh you know i've been in financial services since 1980 when i moved to buffalo where were you from originally uh cleveland okay so, you were in jersey at some point weren't you so you know i got out of college and got a job yeah. and they they shipped me out to jersey for a couple of years where'd you go to school um high school i went to a uh, private school in cleveland called university school mm-hmm. uh, which is sort of a brother school of Nichols. is that the picture of you in the track yeah, I, yeah. that's that's me baby okay. and all my 135 pounds Soaking of glory wet. yeah <laughs> um you know post-retirement uh i've been doing uh that for want of a better word community service i served mm-hmm. on a couple of uh boards i ended up uh Closing my career at uh, Episcopal Church Home as uh, board chair there. Was that recently? Uh, yeah, I, I termed out uh, you know, board governments. Mm-hmm. Board governance uh, dictated that I had to rotate off for a period of time. But uh, during that point in time, mm-hmm. uh, Episcopal Church Home would be better known in the community as Canterbury Woods, okay. which is a continuing care, life care community okay. out in uh, Amherst. But uh, I was particularly involved with getting the uh, property at Gates Circle. Oh, very nice. Let's ha- say it happened under my aegis. <laughs> but yeah. more uh, intelligent people and more uh, direct uh, people were involved in that process. I just uh, happened to be the guy that yeah. got to sign the girder when it went up in place. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful... I'm proud of it. I'm, I'm really proud of uh, the teamwork uh, that got that thing done. Yeah. Uh, when did you... I guess, when did you start really getting into powerlifting? Because I know, I mean, just judging by your Instagram, you've had somewhat of a longer history with athletics. Yeah, sports. I mean, well, you know, I lived to play. Yeah. You know, I, Always. I, I, I worked to to afford my uh, habits, yeah. which were, you know, golf, squash, paddle, uh, whatever else was out there, right. indoor soccer. Uh, I mean, ever since you were a kid, right? You were always yeah, playing. All, yeah, you know, 
my older brothers were athletes and you know even though they're substantially older than i was yeah. you know, you, oh, i want to do what he did yeah didn't yeah. do it as well but <laughs> i did it when did uh when did you get interested in lifting uh i mean not even powerlifting just lifting in general i never never was uh, on my radar you know yeah. again as i'd said you know growing up i was a, the Charles Atlas poster child. I was you know, like, <laughs> the before. Yeah, I was definitely the before picture. Uh, so that uh, God, if I'd known back then what I know now, yeah, uh, I would have been a much better athlete. Yeah, they didn't push it back then, right? To lift oh, weights. No, was... I, it, it was. You know, my dad was a doctor, and okay. he grew up in a farm, farm community, and you know, sort of in Meadville, PA. Mm-hmm. And that uh, you would think that they understood country strong kind right. of stuff. Uh, my dad was adamantly against any weightlifting. Really? Uh, for anybody who was not an adult. Okay. Not just they'd hit puberty, but actually yeah. they were into their 20s. Yeah. I mean, there was no literature, whether it's anecdotal or peer-reviewed evidence-based, you know, right. for, for lifting weights back then to support, you know, a strong... Yeah adolescent strong teen or whatever it was um yeah so i i mean that makes sense but him coming from a farm community now you did you grow up in a farm town or not really no we grew up in cleveland okay yeah, Phil, yeah. between philadelphia and cleveland yeah you know, so really city yeah um yeah it's funny to think that he never kind of puts that on you <laughs> yeah now did your brothers lift weights or no that wasn't even yeah, my middle brother did you know mm-hmm. he snuck it he, he really? went out and got himself one of those uh sears yeah 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 like the water ones <laughs> exactly or, yeah. right put the or pour the sand in them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that uh no it was just one of these things that uh just wasn't on the radar and yeah. you know it's i think at some point in time uh when u.s built its hunting valley campus they they had a weight room quote uh, which had a universal gym in it. Oh yeah. Which you know those things <laughs> were probably worse than doing nothing. I forgot who who said it. Uh, Joe. Somebody said that Joe Weeder single handedly killed the uh, like weightlifting. Oh, with, with... I actually, I think it was the uh, the guy who did Nautilus. What's his name? Because oh, I remember reading about this. Yeah, the single hand. Yeah, you know, Weeder was Weeder was big with plates and york pa yeah, and that yeah. kind of stuff but uh, the guy who did nautilus and his name escapes me was the one who just killed free yeah. weights for that period of time everybody wanted... universal gyms and whatnot yep. i mean it makes sense and so when he went yeah. off to college again that's all you saw at least in the weight room yeah. uh unless you were on a varsity team mm-hmm. and that when i went to college i just i didn't go there to run track yeah <laughs> going to st lawrence is not uh Arkansas, University of Arkansas or University of Florida. Where, where did you go to school? You went to St. Lawrence? Yeah. Okay. Did you, so you didn't run there? You didn't do any track? No, I was uh, full of myself, full of myself, as is typical. And yeah. That, uh, yeah, I pissed off coaches in the swim team and, mm-hmm. the, and the, unfortunately the coach of the swim team who had who sort of recruited me, uh, you know, promised that oh yeah you're a sprinter i yeah i can work with you and that stuff in the first day of meetings it was yeah we got charlie maloney here from cleveland and he's gonna do the 1650 jesus <laughs> i just my jaw hit the desk and i just yeah this was september and i just said this is not for me <laughs> unfortunately the swim coach was good friends with the track coach yeah and i just i that bridge got burned right away mm-hmm. so, how long did you swim for or was that that was it no i didn't even swim at st lawrence oh okay i truly I'm a sprinter. Anything <laughs> yeah, yeah. over 50 yards, 
You know, 100 yards was pushing it. Anything oh, longer wow. than that. Uh, 1650 is a lot. That's, that's a, a huge day. demand, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I was used to two-a-days yeah. and that kind of stuff. Did you course. swim prior to school, prior to college, or no? Oh, yeah, in high okay. school. Okay, yeah. I hated swimming. I swam for, I don't know, five-ish years or so, maybe less. I don't even remember. I hate every day. I, 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 had lo- to swim. I, I loved. Day. I didn't love the practices, but I yeah. loved the meets, and I especially loved the relay meets. They yeah, were- I, did, uh, I did one or two meets, and the first one I kind of hid. My, um, <laughs> I don't know, I might, might have been... 11, 12, 13, 14, somewhere in that age range. I don't even remember. Around 13, 14, we'll say. And uh, my cousin, he uh, had a couple of cousins that swam a lot. And uh, he taught me this one thing. He's like, if you know your, your flight's coming up, he's like, go take a shit. He's like, just <laughs> pretend you're – he's like, and they'll call you up to the block and uh, you won't show up because you're in the bathroom. And that was it. And, uh, uh, yeah, so I, 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 I hated swimming. Oh, I had an experience like that because I'd, I'd, I'd had a bad experience in a – in a hundred fly where I, I, I took a wave and yeah. the next thing you know, they're pulling me out of the pool <laughs> and, uh, we had a, a meet coming up almost a week after that. And the experience was still fresh in my mind mm-hmm. and our coach wasn't there. So the assistant said, yeah, you know, Chaz, you're going to do the swim hundred fly again today. And I just said, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Oh yeah, you're no problem. And I did just exactly what you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just went and took a dump. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I got a couple minutes. <laughs> I Let didn't me, go uh, over well. Yeah. So when did um, when did you touch your first barbell? Your first weight, really? Uh, I probably when I was 55. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you know, playing squash and whatnot uh, in the winter. Uh, you know, we had Nautilus machines or mm-hmm. Cybex, I should say. Okay. Me. Yeah. We had Cybex machines at uh, Saturn. And that I I play around with that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but that uh, wasn't until I got plantar fasciitis really badly. Yeah, uh, that I couldn't play squash, couldn't play golf, couldn't really walk. Buffalo <laughs> Buffalo loves squash. Oh, it's a, right. It's a, it's a huge community. I have a lot of friends. I'm just like you know, huge uh, community yeah. with a, a very long and illustrious history. Yeah. in the game. Is but, that a Buffalo thing? Do you think, or is or is that just the universal thing that? Uh, no, it's not it's, as popular. It's a it's a Buffalo thing. I mean, yeah. it's, it it outside the United States, squash is a huge sport. Yeah, and the fact that it's not in the Olympics is criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, squash but, and racquetball, same or different? Much different. Okay. I mean, the only similarities is they're played in an enclosed room. Okay. But you know, the ball, the racket, yeah, the, the, the line markings and whatnot. Yeah, they're all different. We played a lot of handball growing up in the city. I'm yep. from New York City, so that was uh, pretty popular there. It was, Instead of a paddle, you just use your hand, and right. you use the bigger ball right. than you would with. Um... I always had those stories in uh, Sports Illustrated. The old guys yeah. in New York City. <laughs> I remember reading. Oh those. my god, they're insane. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you you'd go to some parks, and um, I just kind of messed around. You know what I mean? I, it was never really a uh, like a competitive thing for me, but I've seen like the competitive side of, of handball, and it is it's cutthroat. wild. It's yeah, cutthroat. Yeah, which is yeah, in, which is interesting. Sort of an interesting segue here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were talking about topics earlier, and one of the things that I find very interesting about powerlifting, uh, as it, is how it relates to the other sports that I played, and the fact that the community of powerlifters are incredibly welcoming. Yeah. Um, how do I put this <laughs> politely? You know the. In the squash community, 
and I love the people that are mm-hmm. there, but they just, ooh, you know, ooze, not testosterone, but they just, <laughs> you know, half the battle is intimidating the people before mm-hmm. they come on the court. Uh, on the golf course, you know, it, you know, you're on the practice tee, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, it just, it's not welcoming. It's intimidating. Yeah, it's very yeah. intimidating. Whereas uh, coming into the world of powerlifting, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with other gyms, but certainly Carly runs an incredibly welcoming gym. But yeah, the absolutely. competition aspects of it, you know, the first meet that I was in uh, was an out-of-body experience, but then going to nationals, um, you know, I'm not David Ricks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not Taylor Atwood. Yeah. Uh, but everybody that was in the back room. Yeah, no, uh, nobody cares, right? It's it's, no, it's very... Uh, they're all there to see yeah. you do the best that you can do that yeah. day. And I would think that, yeah, if you got to the upper echelons and you were pushing David yeah, or you're pushing yeah. Taylor, yeah, you might get a little testosterone squirting here and there. But for the most part, everybody's there to see you recognize the fruits of your labors because yeah. they know how hard you've worked to get to that point. I agree, but I'm also going to play devil's advocate here, um, the other side of that, because you've been predominantly with USAPL and, yeah. and the IPF, which is huge. I mean, obviously, I think they have the most members in their organization um, compared to any other organization powerlifting. But then you go to some of the other, like the first gym that I, first real powerlifting gym that I was at uh, was here in Buffalo and uh, not welcoming at all. You know what I mean? It was very like, you're either in or you're in the way and they make that very clear you know and it was it was world-renowned coaches I don't want to drag anybody through the mud I learned more with them than I did Mm -hmm. you know really anywhere in a it was it was a west side based gym conjugate based and I love it I love west side barbell um but if you how do I put this if you're not constantly if you're not constantly killing yourself you know what I mean at the yeah, gym, right? For another pound on the bar, then you got to get the fuck out of the gym, and that's how. And they made it very clear. Wow. You know, you show up hurt, you show up limping. Um, it doesn't make a yeah. difference. It's, no, it would, that, yeah. that wouldn't have worked for me. Yeah. You know, the, I remember walking into a Mustache the first mm-hmm. time, and uh, was it four years ago almost? About just a, just about this time. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, I just went to the back rack and. <laughs> <laughs> tried to hide out and get my get my bearings you can't, there. You can't hide it, mustache. No, and that everybody was just, you know, can can mm-hmm. I help you, sir? Yeah, yeah. Do you need a spot, sir? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it, you know, if it if the atmosphere hadn't been as good as it was, I would have probably just gone back to yeah. Saturn and continued to be just sort of going through the steps. I mean, going I, the I, motions, I, yeah. I read a lot. Uh, you know, I read Cressy okay. and Mike Robertson and great people yeah. to learn from. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the guys at elite FTS, mm-hmm. uh, actually, you know, the, the first form check uh, that I got was through Julia Leduski. She was, um, so I, I trained with her when they were still living in Buffalo, her and her right. husband, Matt at her house. Yeah. Right. At, um, uh, did you ever lift at that house? Yeah. 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 So it was, um, I moved to Buffalo 2009 um, I've never lifted at a powerlifting gym. I used to lift at the Y back at home. And it was it was decent. I mean, we had mm-hmm. pretty good equipment. It was run by people who knew the sport. Right. So they found that balance of commercial gym and athletics, you know, not right. a powerlifting gym, whatever. And, um, you know, there were no resources in 2007, 8, 9, right? There was Elite FTS. Right. There was Cressy, Robertson. I mean, same people that I learned from, really. There, there wasn't much out there. Yeah, you picked – there was a little – there was, you know, the – 
CrossFit before it got it was just kind of coming. Coming, yeah. Uh, you know, starting strength was just building its website. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first real powerlifting program I ran was uh, Bill Starr's Mad Cow Five by Five. Okay. My um, yep. my brother was like, "Oh, he's like, you're obviously interested in not bodybuilding. All you want to do is just squat and bench sure. and, and deadlift." He's like, "Here's my buddy. That's all he does. He is stupid strong." He's at the gym two hours a day, and he literally just does three exercises. Like, please talk to him. So I met up with him, and I was like, hey, um, I, I want to do this thing called powerlifting. And he goes, go online, Google Bill Starr Mad Cow 5x5. Five five. Right. He goes, and don't look back. You know, and yep. I, I mean, that's that's what I did for quite a while. And so there wasn't really much out there. You know, even, even Bill Starr wasn't writing. I mean, he had a couple books as far back as the 70s, Strong right. Shall Survive and whatnot, yep. but I don't know. They, they weren't really out. And he was just like, yeah, he's like, just squat, bench, deadlift, overhead press, row, drink milk. Yeah. And, and that's it. And I was like, okay, I don't like milk, but <laughs> everything else I kind of followed. And um, so, yeah, there wasn't much out there. And so I, I knew I was coming up here for school. Um, well, what was the website? Powerlifting. I forgot. Uh, they, they had a database of all the powerlifting gyms in the country. Mm-hmm, okay. Um, they're a defunct site now. I can't remember what they were called, but. And I found uh, Iron. I think uh, they went by the name like Iron Edge Gym in Chictawaga. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, I, I don't know what Chictawaga. I thought Buffalo was just Buffalo, you know. <laughs> right. So I contact them. I contact Matt Leduski. I was like, hey, I was like, I'm moving to Buffalo. I was like, I don't have a car. He's like, I got one kid lifting here. He goes to UB. He's like, call him. You know, mm-hmm. there was, yeah. He's like, just just call him and see see what you could do. And I called him. This kid Kevin. I was like, hey. I was like, my name is Brian. I'm moving to Buffalo. He's like, okay. He's like, let me know when you start school. He's like, and we'll start training. So, and then we started training with Matt and Julia um, and another guy, uh, Paul Miller. He's now at uh, Absolute Performance. Mm-hmm. He kind of got away from powerlifting. He's, he's more of a CrossFit coach and right. competitor now. But, yeah, that was, that was my first real introduction to, uh, to a powerlifting gym. And then I, I moved on to the other really heavy Westside-focused uh, gym. Right. So not to, again, not to right. smear anybody. Matt and Julia were amazing, very welcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the gym after that. That's where it was just like, you're either with us or you got to get the fuck out of our gym. Yeah. And that's when I was like, all right, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. I, uh, Eric Kress, I'd actually emailed Eric and you know, I asked him, mm-hmm. you know, since I'm not in Boston, is there anybody in your network that you would recommend? And he recommended Julia to me. So I went and saw her for a couple of sessions. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, just went back to Saturn and was doing my thing and just freaking people out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Maloney, you shouldn't lift that heavy. You might get hurt. <laughs> Uh, okay here we go yeah um but that uh you know i was there until they do a deep cleaning every you know at the end of every spring and uh, you know one of the uh trainers there said you know there, i know this guy who just opened a gym out in tonawanda mm-hmm. uh, you gotta go out there when we cl- when we close up for the deep clean mm-hmm. and so i contacted Carly and one thing led to another and, and I've never it. I've never looked yeah. back I, and I can't imagine not being in a uh, in a uh, a gym atmosphere with everybody around me doing the same thing or, exactly. or at least kind of um, yeah. I mean it's, with the I, same end goal it's the it's the community yeah yeah and, which I, I really appre- appreciate but that I would certainly not be where I am yeah. without it. Cause I had plateaued. I kept bumping up mm-hmm. against these numbers, you know, arbitrary as they were. Yeah. And I, I we'll, we'll talk about, that. I have your numbers written down here from meet one. You've done six meets. Is that correct? Okay. According to open yeah. powerlifting, you've yeah. done six mm-hmm. meets as far as I can see. So right. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about your, 
progression going from a cool. 440 to a 501 deadlift. Um, two, we'll say 200 <laughs> to 227 and a half kilos. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 definitely really refreshing to see the powerlifting community make this huge shift away from, you know, kind of what I was introduced to. You know, right. you're either in or, in or in the way. And now it's become we don't care how strong you are. We don't care, you know, how what your weight is, what you want to compete in, if you want to just do push-pull, if you want to do full power, and it's just become very, just very welcoming, you know, yeah. and I, I'm not going to lie, a part of me is a little jaded, where I was like, that's not, that's not what I was introduced to, you know, I was introduced to... Hardcore. Yeah, and, and, and then I think about it, I'm just like, it's silly, it's yeah. so silly, because at the end of the day, nobody's really getting paid for this, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, and if you are getting paid, you're not getting paid much. <laughs> so, no. I, you know, and I'm just like, I don't compete. I'm not involved in the sport anymore like I used to. Um, I don't contribute to it. This is as much as I contribute as I just I interview right. powerlifters now. And um, so I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's 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 time for, for a huge shift in, 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 in the positivity and the way people react. And, you know, it is nice. Yeah. I, it, the mindset is the important thing mm-hmm. that, you know, Everybody does it for their own particular reasons. They have their own demons, yeah. perhaps, that yeah. they're, they're bringing to the gym that they're trying to exercise. Not exercise, but exercise. <laughs> um, I just look at it from the perspective of it's been the first thing that I've done athletically where I've actually had – that I've set a goal, mm-hmm. and then I've taken concrete steps – to achieve that goal yeah. in a methodical and logical way. I, I think that's what's so attractive about powerlifting is it's so binary at times. Yep. You only have three things you need to do, right? Day of. It's technically probably one of the easiest sports. You know, it's obviously much easier than uh, than Olympic weightlifting. Right. Um, you sit down, you stand up, you <laughs> right. bench press, and you pick a weight up off the floor. There's, there's really nothing to it. And, um, you know, especially for a beginner, you can just work backwards. My goal is to bench 135. You know, all I could bench right now is 100. Right. Ha- just work backwards. Obviously, you know, as you get bigger and stronger, it doesn't it's not that easy. But especially in the beginning, there, there's no other sport that's so attractive. Yeah. You know, and so just like, look at that. You just put five more pounds on since last week. Mm-hmm. Put five more pounds on next week. Yeah. Five more pounds until until you can't. You know, right. it's it really is just very, uh, it, it's so tangible to some people and I, I, I do love that yeah. you know well there's also that point where you get you know you are past the newbie games yeah, so yeah. to speak and, and now you gotta figure I, things that's out that's where the, I think the rubber hits the yeah. road where a lot of people will say uh, you know I'm not seeing these week to week big gains and that mentally it defeats them mm-hmm. perhaps um, I surprised myself in the fact that that didn't happen and, you know I, the fact that I kept bumping into these self-imposed limits yeah. because I didn't know how to program well uh, well enough for myself at right. any rate. That, uh, yeah, I finally, I remember going to Carly saying, you know, you know I'm, I'm tired of this. What do I have to do? And yeah. the first thing he said was, hey, you really need to enter a beat. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, I, I was I, like, I, no way, man. I can't count how many times I've heard that advice. People are like, what do I do? And they're just like, just go to do a meet. Right. They're like, I don't care if all your lifts are 135 pounds across the board. You know, if you end up with a, I don't know what that comes out, like four something, you know, total. Yeah. Who cares? Nobody, nobody's going to say like, I can't believe how, how shitty he is, how weak he is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, 
if Brendan Schultz is listening, he'll he'll attest to this. I saw him do a meet where he he closed his squat with like one thirty five. Come on. And but he he pulled. I don't know upper fours, lower fives. Yeah, again, he, he came and hurt. Me. You right. know, he came and hurt That's something what, with yeah. his knee. And I remember this was way before I, I knew him. This was before Gene and I were even at Mustache. I don't even remember where we were lifting. Um, and I see this kid, and I'm just like, you know, I I, I see him take this like 135 squat. It was like 95 pound squat or something. You know, and I'm just like, okay, all right, might be hurt, might be new. I don't yeah, know. Right. And then I see him pull. You know, like I said, in like the we'll just say like low fives or whatever it was. And I'm just like, what the fuck is up with this kid? And that was it. And and done. Yeah. Meets over, and I'm just like, okay. Yeah. And then a couple of years later, uh, now you know we're 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 buddies. We're at the gym. We're talking, and he brings up that he's like, I was at this meet, and I squatted 95 pounds. And I'm like, holy shit, I know you, <laughs> dude. I was like, there. I was like, what the fuck happened? I was like, why? I was like, what, what was the discrepancy? And he's like, I was hurt. I was like, okay, that may, you know, I don't know. It's just I, just, I needed to get a total. Yeah, yeah. He just took his token squat or whatever. Yeah. But that's the thing is, no, nobody really cares. No. You know what I mean? You you come out, you squat ninety five pounds or nine hundred, and people are like, "That's awesome, you're here, you, you 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 did it." I give people all sorts of credit for stepping on the platform. It's uh, nerve wracking. It, it the the closest thing that I can liken it to is stepping on the first tee. If you're in a golf mm-hmm. tournament and you know you're opening around and you've got the first quote first tee jitters, yeah. Except stepping on the platform is first tee jitters on steroids. Yeah. Um, Maybe literally for some. Yeah, for yeah. some, not USAPL. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that was one of my biggest fears. You know, I'm I'm an extroverted introvert. Mm-hmm. If you can. Short battery span. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And that the idea of putting myself out there, you know, uh, I still have this mental image of myself as being this scrawny little kid. Mm-hmm. I'm going, Carl, you want me to put on a singlet yeah. and step out in front of a crowd of people and, you know, do what I'm about to do? 110%. I, I, I'm not sure I can do it. So it took an incredible amount of mental imaging, yeah. uh, which I'm really I'm going to pat myself in a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm really proud that I went through that particular part of the process because it's a skill that I've learned and yeah. I've uh, made great use of it mm-hmm. <laughs> over the years. Uh, and that without having done powerlifting yeah. uh, and having been pushed out of my comfort zone, uh, I would never have developed that skill set. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, I, I, don't, I, I can't really explain what it feels like to do your first meet. You know, My first was a push-pull meet. Uh, non-sanctioned. I did it with um, uh, with my buddy Kevin. That uh, he was like my first real training partner, and uh, Paul Miller, and it was like in this dingy gym somewhere in the middle of PA. And uh, I walked away with a with an axe. That was that was. Oh, it was. Uh, oh God, oh, it was, I know what that federation. It was called Battle of the Axe. Was the okay. um, the name of the meet? And um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was just. It was fun. You know, we, we got there at like seven in the morning. It was like three, four, five hours away or something. That's yeah. We all walked away with axes. Carly, take note. Yes, axes would be cool. Yeah, tacos are great, but thank you. Axes would be cool. I know I, his the mustache mayhem he just did where he's like, I'm not giving out trophies. I'm just giving out tacos, and I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know about that. I'm not contributing. I don't put any money into the sport or to the gym or to this meat specifically, but tacos are fine but <laughs> i like my i got yeah. an axe to grind here <laughs> and then um and then all the meats I, I only i did that first meet which i don't even really count 
that was my first exposure to lifting on a platform in front of people. And then everything else I did after that was uh, RPS, yep, uh, yep. Gene Richlack's um, Federation. And I did his first meet in New York State, which was in Victor, New York, Rochester. Yep. And um, yeah, everybody was getting uh, those giant um, like plaster um, trophies. I mean, mm-hmm. they were like 20, 30 pounds. They were huge and just bulky and obnoxious. And uh, I threw most of them out. They were <laughs> they were just like, I, I, I hate to say it now, especially now with Gene Richlack passing a year or two ago and uh, – I, I was just kind of like, eh, I don't need it, you know, because yeah. again, like I, I, my first real experience at a at a powerlifting gym was like, we're not here for trophies. Mm-hmm. Take your medals, your trophies, yeah. your axes and hatchets and tacos, and just nobody cares. Throw them out, you know what I mean? You're not doing it for that. And and now, and, and Gina too. Gina threw out a couple of her uh, RPS um, statues as well. And now I'm thinking back, I'm just like, fuck, I kind of regret it. It would have looked pretty cool in this gym. Yeah, you save one or two. I just I, I just had a, a moment here. where I'm going, yeah, I did that with all my squash and golf stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too. I just I got you know you got too many you know crystal buffaloes and yeah. this and that and I mean those are cool too you, yeah yeah you save the ones you save your first trophy I I have a couple from uh from high school wrestling uh, two years in a row it was um, best sportsmanship which is uh, almost as embarrassing as my senior year which was um, Mr Congeniality it may as well have been <laughs> um, oh my god so junior year I I took home best sportsmanship senior year I took home. Uh, like most heart. Yeah. Oh God. Oh my. Yeah. Because we did an award and it's awards dinner. Everybody's going to walk away with an award. And I remember senior year, I actually did really well. I went like, uh, I don't even remember what my, I went like 12 and two. It was, it was a good year for me. I didn't plan on, on wrestling outside of high school. And what weight class? Oh my God. So I wrestled. Um, so junior year, I wrestled for like two or three years. I wrestled. Uh, I also went to a camp for a couple weeks and that's when, I, that's when I got better. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll say my junior year, I started upper 170s, low 180s. I think 181. New York City has different weight classes. We're a PSAL, Public School Athletic League. They just have different classes than right. they would everywhere else. I don't know why. But you were up in the heavyweight division. I want to say 181 was the weight uh-huh. class I came in at. I finished my junior year at 152. Depleted. Okay. Yeah. I was terrible. Um, I was underweight. I was riddled with ringworm all the time. Um, Did you drop weight yeah. on purpose? Yeah. So New York City is very – they don't take wrestling serious. At least they didn't then. Mm-hmm. Um, we took city championships one year. So we were we were the best team in New York City at the time. And so the year after that, obviously, we have to keep up. You know, So our coach was just like – he's like, I'm going to do everything I did last year. I don't think he ever wrestled. He's like, I'm going to do everything we did last year with the team. He goes, but we're going to push it harder. Right. He goes, our kids are going to cut weight even harder. Because the more weight you cut, the better wrestler you're on paper for some reason. Ostensibly. Yeah, right? You know, the more hardcore you are, the less you eat, the less you drink. Yeah. The more you run, the less you lift weights, the better wrestler. And that the, <laughs> and that proved to be wrong. Yeah. We ended up taking second that year, uh, which was a huge loss. But either way, so um, every uh, – before the season, we have to take our weights. You know, we get the caliper pinch test and um, – uh, P test and kids were already cutting. Uh, they were already dropping weight for that because the lower you come in, then the less, um, the less, or, or I guess the more you're allowed to cut. You know, the, the lower of a weight class you're allowed to go to. Right. So if you come in heavy and they're just like, well, you can only cut, you know, 10, 15 pounds for yeah, the whole season. Yeah, you can only season. drop yeah, two yeah. weight classes, something like that. Right. So yeah, kids would come in with like literally black urine. Oh. 
and they would they would they would come up to like the bigger guys and they're like, hey, I need you to piss in my cup, so <laughs> so so I can present, yeah. you know, a better looking pee. Because right. if I show them this maple syrup piss, they're going to just be like, no, you're you're an idiot. Like, you're going to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my coach um, – so, so, so you go, you get tested, you take your weight, you pee in a cup. And then they tell you, okay, you're allowed to drop this much. They put it on a piece of paper, give it to your coach. Coach gives it to the athlete. That's it. Our coach hid them from us. He goes, I don't care what the, what the city has to say. He's like, you will drop as much weight as we need. Oh, my Lord. That guy's a lunatic. Yeah. So by the end of the season, I remember uh, one kid uh, on our team, Justin, he was a year younger than me, fantastic wrestler. Him and his brother were both really good wrestlers. By the end of the season, he was he was just getting demolished because the coach, yeah. coach was just like, don't care. Keep wrestling. Keep keep cutting. He would, you know, it's yeah. summer uh, or because it's a winter sport, so, you, you know, it starts getting warm by the time the end of the season rolls around. He would come in, you know, with the garbage bag and everything yeah. to class under oh, yeah. under his warm ups and oh, stuff. Yeah. So my last match, I weighed in one fifty one point nine for one fifty two weight class, only for my coach to say, "Sorry, you're going to wrestle one sixty three today." I think I got pinned <laughs> under two minutes. Okay, yeah. I just I came in and I was just like, I don't care what happens today. Yeah, kid pinned me, uh, and then I got ringworm. <laughs> I had, I had ringworm probably 14 times. Oh, yeah. It's just, yeah. And then senior year. It's a tough environment. Yeah. Senior year, I came in at like 190-ish, and then I think I wrestled 180, and I, I did really well. I took gold my first tournament, and I was how like, did, this is what happens when you How eat. did you cycle so high and low with your weight? That's where my weight wanted to be. You know what I mean? If, yeah, okay. If, if, if I just did whatever I wanted to, right now, at this point uh, in my life, I would probably be between 195 and 200. You know, if yeah. if that's if I didn't oh, watch what I ate, yeah. that's just that's just where my wow. weight would be is around two hundred. Right now, I'm sitting at like one ninety. In high school, God, yeah. I just I ate my parents out of out of house and I home. Didn't, I didn't eat for two years for wrestling, and I couldn't. I just, I, mm-hmm. you know, I had such a high metabolism, and I don't want to you know go into the hard gainer routine, but you know, we didn't. You didn't know about nutrition. And, yeah, and proper, I wish I wish I knew back then. Pop, you know, proper macro planning and whatnot. Um, but even so, eating yeah. nothing but junk as high school kids are wont to do, mm-hmm. I still couldn't break through uh, that hundred thirty-five pound. <laughs> yeah, I was I was good with the junk. I never I didn't care for that. My parents never really had junk food in the house. It wasn't you know. No, that, but that I mean you know yeah. you know if you ate at school or you know and you know, especially senior year you're allowed to go out to lunch and mm-hmm. so you went to Burger King. And oh yeah, 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 got yeah for sure. Triple yeah, I, you know double whopper with cheese. I never had a problem gaining weight, and I, I guess I never. I, I wouldn't even say I lost weight then. I just I just cut weight. You know, the, yeah. that there was the difference. It was like I went from 180 to 160-ish in, in no time at all. Yeah. You know, that's not losing. That's that's cutting. I had a lot of we had a lot of friends uh, in high school who who wrestled, so I'm real familiar with mm-hmm. the uh, the dark arts, as it yeah. were. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it, it was tough. Uh, we we went to wrestling camp. Uh, me and a couple of kids from the team um, at. Boston University. It was mm-hmm. like a week long, you know, uh, intensive camp. It's just like any other camp. You right. two, three day practice. And I was on the heavy mat. I was with the heavier kids, but yeah. I was like the lightest one of the heavier kids. I was like 190 or something. Getting thrown around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking when they when I say heavy, I mean these kids are 275 right. yeah. plus. You know, and you got the and, super uh, heavies. Yeah, in there. yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And the coaches were just like, first and foremost, nobody here is cutting weight. And I was like, oh my. And we had as much food as we wanted, and it was it was glorious. For a week, it was just like eat, wrestle, eat, wrestle, eat, wrestle. You yeah. know, and then sleep a couple hours, eat, wrestle, eat, wrestle. Three days, yeah, or three times a day. So Sounds it was, like heaven. It was I hated wrestling. I hated it. I think I just had a really bad experience. You yeah. know what I mean? And 
No, I miss it. You, I, I you miss definitely it. did. Yeah. You know, coming Ohio is a, a hotbed of wrestling, and yeah, you know, we especially had a lot within of the Cleveland area. Yeah, um, you know, it was uh, a mecca. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. So the coaching was really good. Yeah, and that you know the parents were really knowledgeable. Uh, so there was rare, rarely the instance where yeah. guys went too far off the reservation and mm-hmm. got themselves into trouble. Yeah, New York City was you start wrestling in high school. For the most part, you do yeah. not for the unless it's like a private or Catholic school. Yeah, ki- right. Kids, kids do not wrestle up until you know they're fourteen. Yeah, which, started, which, in my opinion, I think is way too late. We to started. Start we started back then. Everybody started in like seventh grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. at any rate, we digress. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't even remember where we left off. The community, community as a community. whole, exactly. So we'll just we'll sum it up. It's a good community. I, I love yeah. the community. I can't uh, imagine it not being part of my life. So how old were you your first meet? I'm sorry? How old were you Ooh, for your let's first see, meet? Four years ago. So I just I just turned you know, Masters 3, so I was 60, 61. Wow. So for... And I was the I, oldest yeah. person. I remember uh, who who was the uh, who was the uh, Fed president uh, before Jan. I just remember that every time I walked in the platform, mm-hmm. he go, we got Charlie Maloney. <laughs> He's 60 years old. Yeah. Look at this guy. I'm like, I'm not dead. Right. You know, in my mind, I'm, you know, I'm a vibrant 25 <laughs> year old here. Come on. Let's just stop. So yeah, 2017, you totaled a, uh, 440 kilos, yep. 280 Wilks. So you went 150, 90, 200. These are kilos. Right. So 150 comes out to 330. 198 bench, right? 90 kilos is 198. Yep. And then a 440 deadlift. So those are really good numbers. Yeah. When I first meet, when I came into the gym, when I came into Mustache, mm-hmm. uh, I was having problems pulling 400 off the floor. Yeah. Uh, if I was squatting 300, it was a good foot high. Grinder. Yeah. <laughs> and that uh, you know my bench just was poverty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, by its own definition. So just comparing your first meet in 2017 to 2019, you put five kilos on your bench, right? Yeah. From 90 to 95. So what's five kilos? Like 10 and a half pounds, 10, 11 yeah. pounds? Yep. Um, yeah, and a lot of people complain that they're stuck for weeks, you know, that they can only put a pound or five pounds on in a couple yeah. weeks. Yeah, it, 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 you know, Bench and I have a love-hate <laughs> relationship just because of my anthropometry, but, you know. Because your arms are longer than. Yeah, my arms. I've yeah. got a. A plus four wingspan, yeah. you know, which means I'm great in the pool, <laughs> but I'm not so good on the bench. Um, it is what it is, and you know, I have my goals. I, you know, I would like to think that before I shot my bolt here, mm-hmm. you know, don't laugh, Carly. I'd like to see a 250 bench at some point in time. Um, you know, I'd like to get a four, 400 squat. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've hit you know my life goal of 500. You know, so we've set a new one now. Yeah, before we get to 600, 550 is the next number I'm looking at. So I'm, I kind of want to take this into two avenues. Um, today is what, the 20 May 26th? 8th. May 28th. Yep. So we are still deep into this the shutdown, right? No yep. gyms are have been open for about two and a half months or so. So I want to talk about how training has been going um, kind of during COVID. And then I want to talk about training just as an older athlete, your programming, sure. some you know, so some accommodations that you've you've made. Like I said, the only other powerlifter I've I've talked to is Carly, and uh, he's not even a powerlifter anymore. He's washed up. You know, he doesn't compete. Um, <laughs> he said too, it, not me. He's too wanna... damn busy, man. Yeah, I don't know. I guess so. I don't know. I don't want to talk. 
Well, what they what do they say anymore. if you're a if you're a power lifter and you decide to open your own gym, kiss your career goodbye. Probably, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, I'm sure. He, again, he's he's too successful. Yeah. you know, coaching and programming, and and that. being a friend. Yeah, not to me though. <laughs> he's a terrible friend for me. Terrible to me. Terrible. Um, so yeah, let, let's yeah. talk about training during what's going on right now with the shutdown. <sighs> it's just it's mind bending. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 incredibly hard. Uh, on a personal level for, you know, any number of reasons, yeah. which are fairly obvious, you know, the, the cancer treatments and the, the lack of equipment, yeah. but, uh, you know, trying to remain motivated. I think that's the best thing that I can do is just, you know, not force myself, but just remind myself you, you paid such a price right. to get to where you got in November. Don't piss it all away by just, Turning into Good. a couch potato. Yeah. So yeah. do what you can do with what you've got where you are. Yeah. And, and that's I, sort I, of been my mantra. Uh, yeah, I've got a, I've got a, uh, as part of my medical team, I've got a uh, uh, weightlifting doc by the name of Austin Baraki. Oh, with uh, barbell medicine. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he and Jordan and Leah mm-hmm. uh, have sort of been behind me throughout this whole process. That's awesome. And now they're acting as your primaries as well? Well, uh, Austin's my primary. Okay. Uh, but Leah sort of sits in the background mm-hmm. and uh, helps him with some, some mental stuff here yeah. and there. And, uh, now, what, what is her, um, I guess, accreditation or what her... She's not a doc. She okay. was a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, at, uh, I believe uh, grade school okay. level. Because I only really know about Jordan and, uh, and Austin. Right. So. Yeah, they all came over in the schism from mm-hmm. that, uh, at starting strength. But that, uh, you know, I've been following these guys for years. And yeah. then uh, both Jordan and Austin went over to uh, SteadyMD, which is a telemedicine okay. website. Yeah. And that I knew I was having problems after the first mustache madness. The one in 2017? Yeah. Okay. And that, uh, for whatever reasons, uh, folks at my medical practice mm-hmm. decided they didn't want to see me because nice. I hadn't been to see them hate that for a period of time and it really freaked me out because i'd been part of their practice since 1980 and i was still seeing people within the practice wow i just wasn't seeing the The primary the primary and it it freaked me out you gotta love that my primary kicked me off uh after a year he was like you haven't been for your follow-up and he's like you're done yeah thanks it was just like you must be i said i you know i can't literally can't pee and you're not gonna see me oh so okay so as far back as 2017 this is when you really start to kind of experience what you were so that you know i I had a friend who was doing concierge medicine here mm-hmm. in town, and I called her up, and she got me in to see somebody at, at one of the major urological practices here in town. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't really – I didn't feel the warm fuzzies with him. Okay. I knew Austin was out there, and we talked at some of the – you know, at Orlando, and uh, I just – I reached out to him, and I said, you know, do you have an opening in your practice? He said, sure, I'd love to help you. Yeah. And we sat down. I think our first appointment was two hours, and we talked about. Wow! And, and this was all virtual. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It was. It was fabulous. And you know, we un- we came to a good understanding. Yeah, you've got a problem, and uh, you can still do what you want to do. Right. So that as we've gone through those whole process, we come up to today. I was having all sorts of issues after the the first hormone shot. You know, mm-hmm. just you know, obviously my. Um, emotional stability from, <laughs> from the hormone treatment. Well, I was all over the map, but 
uh, Austin was able to help me refocus and rethink being in the gym and not being able to perform up to what you think your standards are. Right. So that we'd just gotten our arms around that and Carly had developed a new program for me and things were going well and then COVID hit. Yeah. Are you the first master's lifter Carly's coached? I believe so. Yeah. I think, you know, I think he's had other of the master's population, but nobody who's wanted to compete. Okay. So I'm, let's put it this way. I'm his first competitor. Okay. But, it, you know, it's it's a learning experience for him. This this whole thing's been a learning experience for him. Right. Just from taking a master's athlete, turning them into a master's competitor. And now at a national level. You've at, been to Raw a, Nats two, three, three times. times. Three, three times. times. And that, um, you know, I'll be his first <laughs> competitive athlete who's going to be training post-cancer treatments. Yeah. I, Again, masters. Let's put the mm-hmm. qualifier at the masters lifter who's training post cancer treatments. So, uh, real quick, for those who don't know, masters it just means older. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You know, it, I'm a masters three, which is sixty to sixty nine. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, as you get older, you just got to outlive them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the title master. Yes, uh, grasshopper. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's yes. COVID's been been hard. It's it. Uh, I'm. It, incredibly envious jealous of folks who have their home their own home gyms yeah well i I mean we were fortunate enough that um we kind of jumped at the opportunity we were just training in our garage i had a a sandbag right a heavy sandbag i could load up to like 120 pounds oh yeah i've I've seen some of the instagram yeah yeah i had that uh we borrowed some kettlebells from her brother i have enough resistance bands probably to make like a thousand pounds you know what i mean but whatever and a little bit of this and that and a sled and and um i was like i don't know how much longer this is going to go on Gina was like, I really don't want to buy equipment. It's expensive. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And I just kept asking people, like, hey, does anybody have – nobody has anything. And I get it, right? Yeah. And um, I saw Rogue put some stuff up, and I we jumped at it. Sure. You know, bought a rack, a bar, a bench, yeah. and, and I'm done. And I bought some plates off uh, – Zach helped me out, Zach right. Clapp, and uh, some plates from another buddy. And, yeah, so we're, we're – but, again, I mean, even though we have what we need in the – in her literally 20 feet away – the motivation sometimes kind of sucks. You know what I mean? You spend all day in the house and then it's like, Oh, let's just walk downstairs. Trust me. And I, I, I yeah. live that every day. And some days, yeah. uh, some days I lose the battle. Right. You know, I, I like to try and get at least three, if not four sessions in a week. Yeah. And some days, uh, you know, the black dog just comes over you and you just, you can't get up off the couch right. to do it. Um, you know, I, I find my way through that process and, you know, if I can get myself to at least stretch, well, the next thing is, well, I'll just change. It's, it's that's, and I, then if you change, yeah, yeah, then I'm into it. No, I, I, I remember you made a post kind of when this first started, and you're like, I don't feel like doing anything today, but all I did was I, I put on my, my gym clothes, right? Right. All you have to do is just put on your shirt and your, your shorts and pants or whatever, and then it's like, right. okay, all right, I guess I'll just do one set. Right. One turns to two to three, and then you're just like, oh, okay, I'm in it. Yeah. I'm, I'm in it. I don't know. Uh, I've, I've been reading this book, uh, Atomic Habits, by mm-hmm. uh, James Cleary. And uh, that, that's one of the things. He was like, a habit should never take really more than two minutes. Working out is not the habit. The habit is you putting on your shirt okay. and sitting in your car. And then you go, well, I made it this far. May as well go to the gym. Right. You know, and uh, he, he, he talks about one, one test subject or whatever. And uh, <clears throat> he's like, uh, he, it, it was an older guy, really overweight, never worked out, never did you know, any type of uh, athletic activity. And he was like, I would go to the gym for five minutes. He goes, I would literally go to the gym, set a timer on my phone, five minutes. 
Mm-hmm. The second that timer was done, I would put everything away, get in my car, go home. He goes, and I did that for about a year, five minutes a day. Mm-hmm. He goes, and then one day, Don on me, he goes, well, I'm already here. Yep. You know, I mean, that's that's a bit of a, um, uh, you know, I, I can't I, I can't imagine many people would just go to a gym for five or do anything for five minutes and then just pack up and go home. Right. But but his whole thought process is like, well, fuck it, I'm here. Right. And I think he lost like a hundred plus pounds, you know, and then he just he got into it. Yeah, he was wor- he was working so, with a different set of yeah, goals yeah. in and mind. And I and I could agree, you know, it's it's a little tough. Yeah, don't mind the squeaking above us. Um, but yeah, it's 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 it, it's tough right now. I, I get it. I can I can empathize it may for be, sure. You know, it may be a blessing in disguise, though, that uh, for me at any rate, right. that this is taking place at the time that it is, uh, because the um, my ability to perform in the gym mm-hmm. would, would be even more uh, markedly decreased mm-hmm. uh, from the hormone treatments. I mean, I'm finding right now that the residual effects of the radiation treatments yeah. uh, didn't hit me the didn't hit me until about maybe a week week and a half ago yeah and so you, that, you're done with treatments right yeah I was done at the end of uh, at the end of April but that um, you know just the um, adrenaline of getting through the process and right. the focus of okay you get up every day you go through your preparation to go in for radiation, then you come home and you do this and that. Yeah. Once everything stopped, it was like you take that deep breath and then all of a sudden it hits you in a wave. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I was doing more and harder work pro, you know, while I was undergoing radiation. Yeah. But now that I've stopped, I'm, I'm so gassed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm uh, uh, panning on, on really easy stuff. Is that a result of the treatment? I'm, going to attribute it to that i haven't really talked with austin about it Uh, one of the interesting things that the the barbell medicine crew do is the self-efficacy right think yourself through the process yeah they're they're, they've um i've kind of been following their stuff loosely for about a year or so now and uh i i agree with a lot of their stuff when it comes to pain yeah i i i I love their the biopsychosocial model yeah the biopsych right because I have so many patients and um, you know th- that go through uh, a lot of chronic pain patients, patients that have been going through pain for six months and six years and right. twenty years, you know, and uh, trying to break up that cycle. Right. Of, and uh, they're they're very just again going back to this black and white binary. It's just, right. I mean, it's pain is is so. I don't know. I'm, I'm like getting flustered, kind of like coming up with words because it, it's so extensive, right? It's, right. It's, it's it's yeah. It's like trying to pin jello to a wall. Yeah. It's yeah. Impossible it's, to define. It is. But but the whole kind of yeah. self efficacy right. um, is so important when it comes to gauging. So I've been trying I've been I've been trying to do that as opposed to run to him every time I've got mm-hmm. an issue. Yeah, I, I have to sit down and sort of detach myself from the moment and say, yeah. okay, what are you experiencing? Yeah, what have you gone through? Why, why do you think you know? Why do you think things are happening? Do a little bit of reading. Mm-hmm. And if it's a question within that reading that you'd understand, then you reach out to him. But otherwise, try and figure it out on your own because then you'll own the process. If, if if I had, I don't know, 50% of my patients that would go through that process on their own, I would probably have a lot less patients. <laughs> but I would have much happier. Happier patients, Much yeah. happier. I have a, a book up there, World of Hurt. Uh, it's, it's in a binder over there. But uh, um, 
And, and that's that's what it's it's a lot about this kind of a traffic light system. I was trying to explain to a patient: Are you a red light, yellow light, green light? Right. You know, are you a little sore, a little achy? You can deal with it. You're a green light. Go on. Yellow light. I don't know. Maybe take a little bit of caution. You're sore for a little longer. You know. And then, are you a red light? Do you need to go to the hospital right now? Right. Can you see bone? Can you see blood? <laughs> right. You know. If not, you're probably not a red light right now. You might be a yellow light. You know. Mm-hmm. And. I, I'm not saying you need to go back to the gym and, you know, if you've got low back and shooting leg pain, like, you don't necessarily have to go back and squat, but you don't have to sit on the couch. Right. You you figure out a range of motion, yeah. a, a rep set that you can do with an appropriate weight. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah. the auto-regulation aspects of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the, the circle of knowledge. You know, you start with mm-hmm. this little tiny circle and you you know a lot within that circle. Yeah. But as that circle expands, the more you know, mm-hmm. I think, the more I know I don't know. Right. And, oh, my God. And I'm, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I'm still very, very, very new into my profession. But uh, I, I experience that so much, right? The more you know, I'm just like, this is easy. And then I go, whoa, shit. I don't know anything. Right. Okay, forget about it. Forget about it. I don't know anything. Let me start back. Um, yeah, that's, I, I mean, you know, I, I went to four years of schooling for this. And then you read a couple of articles from Barbell Medicine or a couple of videos, and I'm like, wow, that changes a lot. And I'm not saying they're the only ones. You know, there's a lot. No, they're, they're, a, they're, they're a, yeah. a tool in the toolbox. Yeah. They just happen to be, for me, yeah. the foundational uh, aspects yeah. they're, of they're, how I approach yeah. what I'm doing. They're very good. They don't, they don't, um, they don't like beat around the bush. You know no. what I mean? It's a very like, are you in pain? Okay, let's, yeah. why are you in pain? Yeah. You know, is it, is it, is it a mental thing? You know what I mean? Is this something that you've just been dealing with for so many years that your sensitivity is so high? You know, your threshold of pain is so low that all it takes is a good gust of wind. Right. You know, you're just like, shit, my yeah. back really hurts today. So, yeah. I, hey, I got I to gotta, I gotta, uh, step back to a, uh, a topic we mm-hmm. touched on previously only because I'd be remiss if I portrayed myself as being the only master's lifter. Please. In... Or at mustache, uh, you know, there's a, there's a group of us, <laughs> uh, you know, Brian Meal and and Jamie Smith. Okay, yeah. Uh, Are they they're considered masters? Yeah, I I believe that uh, they're still in the forty to fifty category. Okay, I, I, I didn't in, know when masters they're started. They're not in the forty to fifty, fifty to sixty. Forty okay. to fifty is one. Fifty to sixty is masters two. Okay. Sixty, so that. I'm not the only master's lifter yeah. in the gym, male master's lifter in the gym. <laughs> Jamie's an interesting one. He's got two or three kids now competing. He's got the two. He's got, he's got yeah. He's got the two boys, and they're just they're pistols. Yeah, they're just pistols. Yeah, I saw them compete. Uh, I don't know if that was their first meet at the Mayhem in February. Was that the, it? Was uh, the Nolan, youngest? It was first. the youngest one's first. Nolan. Yeah. Uh, he's a pistol. I got some great photos from yeah. that, those guys. So, how, do you, do you remember how old he was? Is I want to say Nolan's. He's not even not even twelve yet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what was it his last deadlift? Right, he couldn't get it off the floor, and yeah. and, and he walked away uh, off the platform, and he was he was so full of emotion. I mean, he started crying. Yeah. And I was just like, that is the. I, I don't want to like over exaggerate, but that is such a raw emotion, right? That is sure. so. <laughs> and I loved it, and and I know obviously you know at that age, and he's like, I don't want to cry, and I'm just like. There's no better time hey, to cry. Hey, trust me on this. Whether you're 12 yeah, or right. you're 65, you know, what, you're right. you know the, the you will see raw emotion. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially you'll see raw emotion at any particular point in time. I mean, yeah. there were there were points in training, uh, you know, before everything hit 
you know, went pear shaped on me, uh, that, you know, I'd, I'd have to walk out of the gym and go to the car, yeah. uh, just cause I, w- I wasn't, I was having problems with performance in mm-hmm. the gym and I was having problems, uh, dealing with that. Yeah. And that I, I think more than any, more than any sport that I played, uh, it really comes out. Oh my God. With, uh, you know, under the bar. Oh my God. I, I, and it's okay. I, I, I don't, yeah. I, 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 but I'm I can't, not ashamed of it. I don't, you know, I can't it, agree anymore. Um, Gene and I, we can, we, we agree that her and I will never compete at the same time ever again. That was, uh, it was still kind of early in our relationship. We were, um, training at, at my college at Duville college and mm-hmm. the gym back then before they redid it was just, um, it, it really just looked like the most perfect, like, um, like late eighties kind of, you know, but the equipment sucked. No knurling on the bars. Everything was rusted. <laughs> All your clothes were ruined, and it was damp. Um, you had to put paper towels on the floor in the summer because if you were to squat, you were just going to do a full split. You oh, know, God, and yeah. thankfully none of us ever got hurt. Uh, we, you know, but we lifted there for I don't know, like two, three years, and um, again, the worst equipment. There wasn't a single piece of competition equipment in that gym. That was my best meet. That was some of our best training, mm-hmm. but there wasn't of the because I think we were training five days a week at the time. I would say of the five days a week that we were there, we got into a fight probably three of those days because you, you're just, yeah, you, you, you bring a lot into the gym. Yep. You know what I mean? And yep. I, I, I've always been very much like, just leave your baggage at, at the door, right? This is the gym. Yep. You come here. There's no bills, no homework, no school, no nothing, right? You just lift and then you leave. But it, it is hard to separate that sometimes. Yep. So I, I know what that's like. You know, I mean, I remember there were days I would literally just like, you walk in, I would squat, I, I would take my first set, 135, warm up, you know what I mean? Felt like shit, I'd put all my stuff in my bag, I, would, I wouldn't say anything, and I would leave, I'd go home. Oh, I, did, I, did th- I did that once to Carly, and I remember getting home and just feeling lower than whale shit. Yeah. And I, I, I think I threw a text at him apologizing, <laughs> I came in the next day, and I said, I, I I, I can't promise that it won't happen again, but I sure hope it doesn't. Right. Everybody needs a little time out sometimes. And yeah. Unfortunately, all it takes is for you to walk into the gym, squat, and go, not today. I remember I did that once at Mustache. Um, I was studying for my board exam. It was my fourth, fifth exam. Um, so it was, it was my final ones. I'm kind of finishing up school, but I just had hip surgery. I remember. Um, yeah. yeah. Right. So I, I, was, I, was, I started to lift pretty quickly after hip surgery. I don't know if it was too early or whatever, but I was doing okay. I, I wasn't powerlifting. And then I started to get a little more back into it, but I was, I was having just chronic pain and I was really stressed. Um, you know, I'm in school 40 plus hours a week and studying and trying to lift. Right. And I remember I came into the gym one day. Um, same thing happened. I, I was like, I, I think maybe I took the bar for one rep, 45 pounds. I was like, fuck it. Packed my bag. I didn't say anything to anybody. And I didn't lift for about six weeks. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And I, I, I looked at Gina. She looked at me. I didn't say anything. I, I, dro- I remember I drove that day. I got in the car and I just drove for about an hour until she was done. done right. You know, didn't say anything. And I, and I didn't return to mustache for about six weeks. <laughs> and I came back and I was like, all right, I feel good. I'm better. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I know. But, but again, just seeing him cry and I was just like, good. I was like, oh, I was like, that's, I, I, I wish I felt that way about the sport sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're just like, oh my God. I haven't, I haven't lost that, uh, <laughs> that enthusiasm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pot committed mm-hmm. in a poker term. I'm yeah, pot committed yeah. to powerlifting. It me it's, it means that much. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy the whole process. Yeah. 
Yeah, for, for me, I just, um, I don't know, I just, I wasn't in it anymore. I love to do the things again. You know, I still love to kind of train like a powerlifter, but I, I don't know. It just, for me, is just... Um, well, you've got, you know, you're at yeah. the point in time in your life, you know, you're trying to build a practice. Yeah, more, got, I mean, you, I, yeah. You've got a lot of life things on your plate. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to use that as an excuse, but I just, I felt, I felt out of excuse. love. It's, yeah. it's just it, it is. the reality it is of it. Is, I'm yeah. in a... You know, I'm in a different situation, just time of life anyway. Yeah. You know, I have the ability to, uh, I own my own hours, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, the, I, mean, I don't I, have a problem spending two, <laughs> two and a half hours and in I the gym. And I think any, anybody at Mustache can attest to that. Because you, <laughs> I, you would walk in at nine, or, you know, I'd walk in at 9 a.m. on a day, and you were there squatting. And then I would come in a couple days later, 4 p.m., and then you're there benching. I'm just like... What time do you work at? You know, what's your schedule? I have a set schedule. What's your? And you're like, I don't know. I'm just here. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, you come back six hours later and you're still hanging out. Now you're deadlifting. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah. I do the same thing with, you know, used to with golf and whatnot. You know, right. if, you know, when the, the boys were grown and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, I'd get up at the ass crack of dawn. You've, yeah, you've just play, always been like that. Play 18 and then mm-hmm. well, I'll go to the range, hit some balls. <laughs> and, you know, three hours later, you're still hitting balls. And, oh, my well, God. Well, like, you know. I could squeeze in a quick nine before I go home. Did, did you find that with track too when you were younger? No, I um, not. I enjoy. I I love. I love. I love the competitions. Let's put it that way. I didn't like the practices so much. Yeah. Um, you know, soccer. I loved the scrimmages. Loved the games. Didn't like practice. Uh, swimming. God, I hated. Yeah. Hated. Yeah. Hated. Hated <laughs> the two a day trainings, but. You know, love the meats, that kind of stuff. No, this is this love of love affair. You know, I can hit a squash ball for hours. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's just it's it's fun. I love walking on the court. It's sort of an out of body experience. Right. Um, I don't like necessarily p- playing as much now, just because I, you know, squash requires so much mobility. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my foot speeds. I'm 65. I'm not, you know, I'm not covering the court the way I used to, and that's somewhat distressing. Yeah. Uh, golf, it's like eating potato chips. You just can't eat one. Mm-hmm. So I could sit there and, and bang balls in the range. It's all- crazy. I I have a lot of patients that are golfers, and they are the most stubborn people in the world. But it's a horrible, it's a horrible sport for me, from the aspect of it's not a sport for a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And it's not a sport for somebody who suffers from depression. Yeah. Um, because you don't own the swing. You rent it. Okay. You know? And that you're not going to hit a perfect shot every time. Yeah. And that, you know, the ball sit right there in front of you. It should be a real easy sport. <laughs> it's not. And, and I've got, you know, unfortunately, I have the yips. Yeah. So I can't putt, which basically means I can't really compete anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, tee to green, I'm probably an eight or a ten, mm-hmm. but on the greens, I'm a thirty. Okay, and you know that, that takes all the enjoyment out of it, and I've I've come to terms with that. Yeah. Whereas, do, with, do, do do you find that adds to the depression that when you come to terms like golf's just isn't for me anymore, or no, do you find that that's a little relieving? It's re- it's yeah. relieving um, because I would come home incredibly frustrated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my wife would sit there and say, you know, it's just a game. Right. But it's not. I mean, to you, at, the, at that point, yeah. it was. And that's, again, you know, that's how I felt about lifting. 
You know, it's just like, what, what am I getting pissed off for? I'm yeah. not competing. Nobody's paying me to kill myself at the gym. What am I doing? Well, see. I don't want to get mad at it. So I just I have a bad day. Go. I okay, have no expectations yeah. with powerlifting. <laughs> you know, only because in my mind's eye, I was never a power lifter. Right. So that anything I get from the sport is gravy. You know, every right. extra pound that, or kilo that gets on the bar uh, or You'll stays on the bar as I get older. You'll take it. Exactly. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, I have no illusions mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm going to be David Ricks. But what? there used to be in my <laughs> life's time, you know, I'd sit there and say, you know, I a pretty good quarter mile. Or, you know, I could have been, you know, I wasn't going to be Olympic caliber, but I was right. pretty fast. When, when, did you, when did you come to terms with the fact that you are a powerlifter? Was it the first national meet or was it I st- I, I still, it's funny, we had a, we had a Zoom conference with a bunch of my, high, my friends from Cleveland, some of which I mm-hmm. go back to first grade kindergarten with. And one of the guys in the call said, do you guys know what Chaz is doing these days? <laughs> and a lot of the guys, you know, most of the guys in the call didn't, so I sort of had to lay out there and they go, you, a power lifter? Yeah. You must be crazy. I said, yeah, isn't it something? And the other little scrawny old me. Yeah. I, I find it crazy that the sport, as big as it is in our eyes, is still such a oh, uh, yeah. such a small sport. Right? People yeah. are like, what? Yeah. Like, what do you mean you, you, you compete? Yeah. Like, no, people do that at the gym every day. What do you mean you do this competitively <laughs> like, you, you travel to do this yeah you spend uh, how much <laughs> you, you spend how much time outside of the gym researching thinking being pissed off being oh, yeah. happy crying laughing uh, yelling <laughs> again I'm, to- I'm totally invested it's 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 it, it, it really is again it, it's a sport that's so it's just it, like neanderthals you know what i mean like you do what yeah you just you pick it up and then what? What do you do with it? You put you put yeah. it down and, and then it, what? Then I go home and yeah. then what? That's it. <laughs> you know and, and you know for me I've internalized the fact that it's it's part of my mental health, mm-hmm. it's part of my physical health, it's part of what's been able to, to allow me to get through you know the the cancer treatments at in as good a shape as I've gone right and that uh, you know having been involved in the senior community. Uh, I see the effects of not being physically fit mm-hmm. and that, uh, you know, I, I have reason, I have a multitude of reasons to remain physically active and right. physically strong. And I, I don't proselytize with my friends about it. Mm-hmm. They know what I do. Um, it, it is bizarre and, to people who don't know about this, you know, who aren't involved. Well, in again, yeah. but, you know, everybody should pick up a bar. <clears throat> I agree. Man or a woman. I agree. You should be, you know, especially, you know, it's it's your physical four hundred one k. You should be, you should yeah. be banking strength. But, yeah. For your for your for your golden years, God, I can't believe I'm <laughs> saying something like that. Um, but it's really true. As much as I disagree with most of what Mark Ripito says, the one thing he's just like same thing. You know, he goes, everybody should at some point do some kind of resistance training. And with a barbell. He's like, if I were to run the exercise class in a senior home, he goes, I would have them all squat, bench, and deadlift. And I'm like, okay, I don't – or at least uh, overhead press. I'm like, I agree to an extent. I don't know if those are the exercises necessary for a senior – but I was like, I agree. 
Mm-hmm. You know, some of my patients are like, "Could I go back to my silver sneakers? And I'm like, oh, my God, yes. Yeah. I'm like, get in the pool, get walking, pick up your little pink dumbbells and, and do what you're, you know. Yeah. These are my 80, 90-year-old patients who have never lifted. And they're like, is that okay? And I'm like, it's it's better than okay. I'm like, right. you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't pick up those little pink dumbbells and right. do your, you know. The, but, yeah, it, I think it's a generational th- thing as well. You know, Absolutely. Certainly our, you know, our parents' generation sort of looked down on powerlifting, yeah, weightlifting, yeah. it had negative connotations. You, 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 what do they say? Like, if you lift when you're too young, you, you, you stay short, right? Yeah, you ruin your growth plates, yeah. that kind of stuff. But it just, it would never, walking is their, mm-hmm. their exercise. Their exercise. Yeah. Which, which is people great for... In, people in our, or sorry, people in my age cohort, <laughs> <laughs> um, while we may have grown up with more sports centric mm-hmm. sports oriented um, they haven't and they haven't embraced strength training yeah uh, you know the maybe they're triathletes maybe they're uh, marathoners mm-hmm. tennis players golfers whatever yeah running was like I the think healthiest thing in I your age cohort mm-hmm. uh, you know CrossFit is is probably the most transformative yeah um, athletic endeavor or athletic uh, enterprise right. that has made weightlifting, powerlifting chic. So popular. Absolutely. And, that and especially I, I, when you see some of these top competitors, I mean, they look like they can step on a bodybuilding stage. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. That's not, not for people to look at them and be like, I could do that. Oh, like, I love no, the, yeah. I love the aesthetics of right. it. Don't get me wrong. Right. I, I'm all about the aesthetics of it, but I also like the performance aspects yeah. of it. But yeah. I, again, I don't proselytize with my friends about it if they want to learn if they they want to know about it i'll talk to them right. about it because i can talk for hours yeah. about it um about three, but if they three movements that's all yeah, it is exactly. it's, it's it's crazy i mean we've been talking about this now for an hour plus and it's just oh my like God. it's three movements that's yeah. all it is but yeah it's, I, I it's agree. a lifestyle I agree. let's let's keep it let's keep it <laughs> but yeah i just I, I just want to make one last point yeah i mean at your age you come from again where weightlifting was just like you just don't do it you know mm-hmm. And now it's like it's everywhere. Everybody's, you know, it's so. If you're not lifting weights, you're you're the odd one out, you know. Yeah. And, well, you know, it's. I mean, you've just seen that paradigm shift, so it's. Yeah, I, it, it. You look at the it, you look at the uh, open barbell site. You look at the USAPL site. It, there aren't a lot of ma- masters competitors out mm-hmm. there. There are at least masters three, yeah. raw raw masters three, and raw masters four. Um, I think that those demographics are going to change, you know, as the the pig and the python works its way through the right. through the process. I would love to see more. Yeah, I think I said this to Carl. I can't imagine why you wouldn't go to an event if you've been tra- if you've been in the gym and training at all. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you go compete? Right. Why not? Yeah. And so that I'm sure that there are a whole, you know, if there are maybe what eighty three, maybe less than a hundred. Raw Masters three, oh, wow. 93K mm-hmm. competitors. Do you know where you stand amongst those? Uh, I'm uh, in the USAPL. I think I'm 12. Wow. Maybe 15. And that uh, with the uh, open database that they just threw out, I might be in the 20s okay. with all federations. Wow. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and then if you just take all raw masters three lifters, regardless of weight mm-hmm. class, I think 
you know, I'm, I'm in the top third. Okay. Uh, as far as that goes, again, bench is killing me. Bench is just it's just killing me. We got time. Yeah. You know, you, you know, if it was just pulling, yeah. I'm right. Yeah. I'm, I'm in top five. Yeah. It's it's so funny to see how you went from like. You want me to do what? You want me to put on a singlet? And now you're just like, everybody should step on the platform. You know what I mean? So just in the matter of, you know, a couple of years. And that's, I've drunk the Kool-Aid, it, baby. Yeah, that's it. You're, uh, I mean, there, there really is only one way out. And uh, I got out on time. I'm okay. I'm good. They're taking um, me out feet first, kid. So your last, that was the last time you competed was uh, Raw Nats, right? Raw Nats. In 2019. In Chicago. October? Yeah. Was that October? And October. Yeah, middle of October. Yeah. Yep. So, for those who are unfamiliar, Raw Nationals is, would we say it's, it's, it's definitely one of the biggest uh, competitions in the States right, yes. for powerlifting, yep. uh, if not the biggest. Do you know yep. how many competitors there were last year? Uh, 12, 1,400 maybe? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Well, it's like a week long, five days yeah. or so. Mm-hmm. So, it's really, really big meet um, within the federation, one of the biggest federations, if not the biggest in the States. Uh, one of the biggest meets, if not the biggest meet in the States. And you you had a huge, huge, huge personal record. Um, you had you finally deadlifted 501 pounds right. and change. What, what did it come out to? Do you know? To, um, like, what, what was it? Uh, what was the 227 and a half. What does that come out to? I know it was 501, 501 and a half. Okay. Yeah. So um, I... I I feel like words can't describe it, but the pictures. <laughs> you want to right? see? Yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll put them up on my Instagram post when I when I post this um this episode. But I was I was just going through your Instagram again today, and I was looking at the uh, you posted like a three photo series or whatever it was, and the first one was like the bar just getting off the floor, and then the next one was Carly uh, uh like holding his head like <laughs> you, you know, and then the next one was like you hugging him, and I remember when that happened uh. The whole the whole gym just went crazy, right? Yeah. Like everybody was yeah. reposting it on Instagram, and it was just like, you can't you can't describe. I mean, I I can't describe that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But everybody sees it. And it's just like it's it's just the, the those pictures yeah. cannot have come out anymore. No, God God bless <laughs> nine for nine media. You know they, they you know they stepped on their Johnson and you know got kicked out of the program. Yeah, but you know God bless the work that they do because <laughs> they really. Uh, they captured captured the moment. And yeah, I don't even know what happened with that. No, I mean, again, uh, I don't want to get to. That's, yeah, that's we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, the uh, the person who I, I don't know whether it was um, Leah or Ricky who uh, took the video mm-hmm. that I have up, uh, but whoever whoever it was uh, did me a, a invaluable service. I am going to go back to nine for nine and get yeah. get the videos just because it was that important to me. Um, it was a it was a goal that was put in my ear by Jordan back in back at, you know Ron Atz in Orlando. You know he he saw me when I I missed two fifteen because I almost peed myself. And I I didn't lock out otherwise yeah. I would have just burst all over the stage. Um, and Jordan and you would goes, not have been the first. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. But you know I didn't know that. <laughs> and Jordan goes, you know you you could pull five hundred. And I, it, it just the light went on in my head. Going, so, so in 2017, you pulled 440. You didn't even think like, ah, okay, 500s. Oh, I thought that was just like that was it. the sound barrier. <laughs> right. Honest to God. But when, you know, when Jordan had said it, all of a sudden it became possible. Yeah. Then you know it. Unfortunately, I need someone to tell me I can do it. Yeah. I have a very hard time telling myself I can do it. So, 
Somebody, somebody <clears throat> set, set a very arbitrary goal for mm-hmm. me. And, well, God damn it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and that I thought that, uh, I thought that I could get it done by uh, Spokane the following year. Right. And I think I, I think it would have been close, but unfortunately, the day before, you know, I got out to Spokane early. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I try and be prepared for these things. But was that, that was 2018. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, uh, I got some bad. Dire- I needed to get my little kit together for mm-hmm. the next day. You know, I get your little goodies, right, and right, water, right. and this and that. And I asked uh, one of the people at the front desk, you know, where's a, a pharmacy or where's a grocery store. Mm-hmm. She sent me on the fucking Lewis and Clark Trail. <laughs> I must have walked eight or nine miles. Come on. I shit you not. And at that time in Spokane, at that time of year in Spokane, it was, it was hot. Yeah. I've, I've been to oh, Washington in October. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I got up. And, of course, you know, the old, old people, you know, get the, uh, you know, oh, dark 30 wake up. <laughs> I got out of bed and I got downstairs and my legs were shot. Oh, my God. And I just, uh, I was, I was, I knew I was in trouble. Yeah, you got that, that, that gut feeling. I just, I had no, I had no spring in my legs. And it wasn't the meat that I, I wanted. And yeah. I was, I was disappointed. I'd st- I still had a PR there. I was going to say, you still, uh, two, a, 298 Wilkes. Yeah. Yeah. 468 deadlift. Yeah. And, and that was one of my goals. That meat was to break 300. <laughs> and that, uh, again, it wasn't the meat that I wanted. I had a great time. And that, uh, I came back, and you know, I'd, I'd made a promise to my wife at that point in time mm-hmm. that, okay, we're going to start the investigative process for finding out what's wrong with me. Right. And so that uh, I said, but understand, I still want to get this goal of hitting 500. Yeah. Again, it's arbitrary, uh, but it meant something to me. Right. I I needed to do it because, in my mind, I knew I had prostate cancer yeah all right just so so you didn't even have the diagnosis no. at the time okay and yeah we won't go too far in the weeds right why um but i you know my middle brother's uh stage five with prostate cancer Jeez. it's yeah. not it's not a genetic thing it's just bad luck right and and, and you've seen it like you yeah you see what it does to a person yeah, yeah. right and he was uh he was Sort of a, the golden athlete in our family. Mm-hmm. You know, he did everything. Great soccer player, fantastic yeah. swimmer, gymnast, runner. And that, uh, you know, I saw the toll that it took on him. And I said, Jesus, uh, you know, I've got one more shot right. at this. Because if I do go in for treatment, yeah. you know, it's very possible that my powerlifting career, in is, quotes, is over. Is done. Yeah. Right. So that... Uh, you know, I, I, I sat down again with uh, Austin, and we, we talked it out, and he said, you know, you, you do have to go in and get the biopsies done. Right. So, we, you know, we said, well, we, you know, we go to Mayo Clinic, go to Cleveland Clinic, get you know, we're <laughs> going to go. And I said, geez, you know, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least look at Roswell. Right. So, you know, I'm dialing him up on the interwebs, and that, uh, you know, I pull up the urology department, Who's the first person I see is Jim Moeller, uh, who's the head of the, who was the head of the department at that time. I know Jim. I played golf with him. This and that. And I said, well, you know what? Could be, you you, yeah. you already feel comfortable in a very uncomfortable situation. Right. So, 
you know, there's nobody, none of my friends in Cleveland that are at the clinic or in urology. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody at Mayo. I really need someone who's going to be in my corner, yeah. so to speak. So I went in and talked to Jim, and he said, ah, oh, I understand. He goes, I, he goes, I haven't run into anybody in your particular situation. Yeah, where you're it's, an, it is a very niche kind you're, of. You're an athlete of powerlifting. What is that again? And three movements. Okay, That's you want <laughs> you want to you want you've got a goal, and yeah. I, I can understand that. He goes, but we do have to do the biopsy. And yeah. I was scared to death of that for any number of oh, reasons. Yeah, I, I but I'd had I've imagine. had other procedures done downstairs that mm-hmm. didn't go well for me. Yeah. And I explained to him, I said, look, if I get an infection that takes me out of training for six weeks, Even, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. If I get, you know, if I have a complication that I'm done for three weeks, yeah. I'm probably done. Yeah, you don't need much. Um, and that, you know, talk to me about your infection rate. Talk to me about mm-hmm. this and that. And, you know, they pulled out all their metrics and whatnot. He goes, and for you, he goes, we'll put you on a special regimen of antibiotics so that we'll knock down we'll knock these numbers down even farther i said okay and this is like you know raw nets again we're in october we decided there was a window in programming that we could do uh, the biopsies in march so we did those and they came back horrible as expected, right? As expected. As expected. Um, well, it came, I came through that pretty well, mm-hmm. and that you know we, you know we again we sat down with their team and you know, Austin looking at the numbers and uh, you know, we said you know there's not you're not going to risk anything by taking another six months, yeah, seven months. So go ahead with your training and. To, you know, compete, but when you come back, then you're going to have to make a decision between radiation, hormone therapy, or surgery. Mm-hmm. So that, um, you know, once we had the diagnosis and I was, you know, passed all the invasive procedures and whatnot, I was, a, you know, for the first time able to actually sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> Not ideate on, you know, my life is over, right, right, that right. kind of stuff. I mean, when you get a, when you get your cancer, when you know you have cancer, uh, your mind goes. <laughs> now you know. And right? really, you have an answer. Yeah, yeah. but when you know, not even knowing, you just you you go to dark places. Yeah, and that uh, you know that certainly didn't help in that first year of training. Right. You know, just because you're not getting the recovery that you need. Yeah. You know, you you need to be mentally focused, and you need to relieve stressors in your life. Yeah. And this was certainly a major stressor. But anyway, we got we got the diagnosis. We knew we could go ahead through it. And from that point in time until Chicago, where Ron Nats was, I probably had the best training blocks of my life. Yeah. I mean, they were just fabulous. And I had, uh, there, was only, there were only two people in the gym, I think, <laughs> who, who really knew what was going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was up front with Carly and I was up front with Ricky mm-hmm. about the whole thing. And that, um, I felt very badly for everybody else in the gym who was being incredibly supportive throughout this whole process. Uh, and I didn't realize how many people were invested yeah. in this journey until, <laughs> until after we got home. Yeah. Um, but that, 
it was fabulous training. Just, <laughs> you know, I could live in the moment. Right. It was, it was that good. And so going, going down to, uh, going to Chicago, everything went great. Um, you know, they were, they were tough on the, on the squats, on the calls, you know, <laughs> not in, you know, I, I have problems with my depth anyway. But, but you stole 165. Oh, 165. We were looking, for, you know, we were looking for 500 pull and a 500 total. Okay. All right. Th- those were my twin goals. And that uh, I needed to pull, I needed to be able to, to squat once, 170, 172 mm-hmm. to have a realistic chance at it. Mm-hmm. And when I got red lit on the first squat, it was just like, uh, here, you know, <laughs> yeah, we, we lost the total. Right. But it wasn't heartbreaking. And, you know, we regrouped and, you know, got a really good PR on the squat. And that uh, went to the bench. And, you know, we, we, just, we just got a number there. Yeah, and, you went 95. Yeah, 95, I think. Right, yeah, yeah 95, that's yeah, what that, I have. It just, you know, it, 100 wasn't going to happen mm-hmm. that day. I just, I'd been doing so much low bar, my shoulders were... Not happy. You, you're not, not, yeah. not. They weren't barking at me, but it just I, I didn't have any pop in them. Yeah, yeah. So that uh, you know, we came into the into the deadlift portion of it, and that uh, in warmups, I knew something special was going to happen. Um, <laughs> then we got the we got the first pull out of the way, and I, I, I just I came off the platform and went, "Fuck yeah!" You knew it. And what, what was your opener? Oh shit! Uh, it might have been it might have been uh, might have been two o five. Okay. Um, That's but I remember I, I remember vocalizing, going "fuck yeah!" <laughs> and as I as I wa- was walking off the platform, I said that right in front of uh, uh, David Stills. Yeah. And who was one of the officials? He goes, "Say that one more time. You're disqualified." I went, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, excuse me. <laughs> so, you know, I, I went you're back. Just tiptoeing at that point, you just got to make sure exactly. everything is just perfect. Did the second, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going to remember what the, what the. I think it might have been two seventeen. Right. Um, Nobody cares about second attempts. It, it's it's but an it, opener. It, it's the closer. It, it went, <clears throat> it went pretty well. Yeah. And at this point in time, this, what you'd been building for right. for years. Was in front of you. So before we get to the third, I just want to take a step back and just say, so you're opening with just a little over 200, whereas two years prior, that's what you were closing with. You know, so your 2017 run at, you end up with a 202 and a half. Yeah. Third or, you know, final attempt. And now that's what you're opening with. Your middle is somewhere in between. So now you've got that. Right. right. So, so now you're here. You're you're going up to your yeah. third. You got that clover up your ass. And everything is. <laughs> you know, and I still get a little right, verklempt right, right. over talking about this. So you know, bear with me. Um, this it, is the per- perfect house to use Yiddish, by the way. So by all <laughs> means, use as much as you'd like. There we go. Um, I had I had to. Um, you know, the the enormity of the moment, mm-hmm. as it were, uh, almost engulfed me. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, Carly and I sort of looked at each other, and I had to step out into the hall and, again, mentally refocus. Right. I had to use every tr- every skill that I had to get my mind back <laughs> yeah, where it I, needed I can't even to be. Imagine. 
and that um, <clears throat> yeah we, we we got into the waiting area and I remember gassing having a, a, a good laugh with the uh, the guy who was the, you know marshalling you out onto the platform yeah, when your yeah. time came and of course there were a couple there were only two guys behind me that were going to pull more than I did and that uh, I was I, I knew I was in rare company, so to speak. So I was sort of feeling it. I mean, can you see anything? Can you hear anything? Or is it just kind of just like a hum? Just this. No, I was. I, I was. I was pretty. Um, I was pretty aware of the surroundings. Mm-hmm. But I always have rabbit ears, to begin with. Um, and I got out there, and that's when it was a little bit of tunnel vision. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I remember. I'm, know, g- I'm getting, some... getting the chills. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Reminding myself, you've got time on the clock. Yeah. You've got a, you know, you got lots of time. Don't rush. So I sort of stood there and just gathered myself again. And understand, I hadn't pulled going into the meet. I hadn't pulled more than two fifteen right. for a single. I'd had a little bit of hip problem. I think I did some block pulls with uh, with Zach Clapper. Okay, maybe a month previous where we were just. Sticking around, mm-hmm. and I I might have pulled two thirty from blocks. Yeah, and that uh, and that was the first time that I'd ever pulled over five hundred. Right, at any with anything. Right, right, right. But I never pulled anything more than two fifteen off, off the, the floor. floor. Yeah. So this is just sort of you know ride <laughs> you know ride or die. Trust your programming. Yeah. You know I'd done. You know, I calculated out my estimated run maxes, and you know there were. There were some points in time in my training where I had an estimated one rep max of like 247. Wow. So I, you know, 227, if you say if your estimated one rep max is maybe 90%, which is where mine fall. Yeah. Uh, for about all my lifts. But at that point, you know, I mean, nothing matters. 220. Yeah, you just, you just <laughs> go do it. Well, I went and grabbed the bar and, it, you know, you watch the video and it just, it just came up. <laughs> There, would, there, would, there was never a point yeah. in time the, where I was like, this is tough off the floor. No, I, you know. Th- that one photo of uh, where, where the plates are just off the floor, your face is just stoic. Yeah. You know, it, right. there's no struggle. There was no, no struggle at yeah. all. So that as we got up and it's just, there was no sticking point. Yeah. And I locked it out and you look in the video and you see me going, <laughs> rah, 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 rah. and I remember saying, whatever you do, don't, don't swear. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I go, I liked in I go, how do you like that stuff instead of <laughs> how do you like that shit? <laughs> don't drop the bar, don't curse, that's, that's it. That's right. Yeah. So we got that done and yeah, the the um the the moment to be able to share that moment with Carly mm-hmm. uh Big Teddy warms, Bear. <laughs> warms my heart. I, yeah. I, I I live in that moment all the time. Yeah. Um and, 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 and Carly obviously acknowledges that. You know, he's he's so he can he can recognize what he can produce with his athletes, you mm-hmm. know, when when his lifter pulls five hundred one, yeah, like nothing. And he he knew he knew what, what that meant. He met Carly, yep. Carly on my there water bottle here, yeah, um, Mr. Mustache Baby. <laughs> uh, it, it, it was great to be able to share that moment with him. Mm-hmm. But um, additionally. You you listened. I hadn't listened to. You know, I watched the video, but I, I never turned the the sound on. Mm-hmm. 
And one day I realized, oh, yeah, there's a sound button on this. <laughs> there's really audio yeah. here. And I heard everybody in the crowd. Yeah. And I just, I was floored at, you know, not only were the mustache people invested in that poll, the mustache mm-hmm. people that were there and obviously back at home, uh, but there were Instagram people who <laughs> follow me. And you didn't even know that. Well, or, some of them were there. Some of them okay. were competing. Um, and they were there. And then there were other people that were just in the audience that caught me later. They were like, man, that was the coolest thing. I, I, was, I was living at the top <laughs> of the mountain That's, yeah. through that whole weekend. I Truly not a higher point in my life. Wow. And that uh, then we come home. Yeah. And everything goes sideways. It just it went quiet. Yeah. Right. That 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 kind of that adrenaline just. No, no, it, it wasn't even gone. It got crushed. You know, yeah. with everything else that right. transpired. But that, um, you know, that was obviously a very dark hour. Right. Um, but from that uh, that wreckage, uh, uh, I realized what I didn't understand about how. I was perceived within the community. Right. Um, and that uh, it was uh, very heartening. Yeah. And that uh, I would not be where I am uh, without the support of all the folks who helped me get to the top of that mountain. You know, yeah. They... The, it was it was the bright spot of this whole yeah. piece. So as I'm you know I'm I'm putting my life back together here, um, and I say I'm a work in progress. Yeah, you know I want to get back to the gym. You know I want to be the strongest. Yeah. Uh, Masters three that I can be, regardless of whether I've got cancer or I don't have cancer. Um, I want to be a contributing part. Love the community. I love training with everybody yeah. there. I, I love their journey. I love their struggles, uh, and I love to I love to see them recognize the fruits of their labors when they go and compete. Yeah, absolutely. It is such you know competition days are <laughs> such a gas. And I, and I think I could speak on behalf of probably I'd say about ninety eight percent of the community, uh, the power of the community. Where, and I'll say we are incredibly grateful to have people like you that are so so willing to contribute, you know, so transparent with everything um, that it's more than just squat, bench, deadlift, right? It's, 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 for some people, it really is just so much more. And, yeah. you know, and um, yeah, I mean, we, uh, and again, I think I could speak on behalf of the entire mustache community, you know, that we're, we're so grateful to, to have you, you know, we're so grateful to have somebody like you, to you, you know, yeah. and uh, no, yeah, it's, 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 it, they, I'm not gonna lie. I was, I was, I was, I, I was really, really looking forward to this, to this, uh, to today, to this episode, podcast, whatever. And then I was like, kind of nervous. You know what I mean? I was just like, because oh, yeah. uh, I've, 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 I've had a lot of other people on here. I had a, you know, NFL guy and this and that. And I'm just like, I don't know these people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know what they've been through. Um, 
and it's not that I don't care. I've just I've never been invested in their lives. You know, oh, he used to play for the NFL. That's really cool. Yeah. Let's hear what he has to say. And then when I have somebody who I've seen for years on end, and then uh, you know you've been open about your struggles before the meet, after the meet, dirt, everything, and it's just like, oh, I don't know. I'm kind of you know like yesterday kind of hit me. I was just like, oh. I was like, I kind of want to. I was like, I want to cancel. I want to cancel. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do this. I was like, because I, I don't want to do you a disservice. I don't want to do people listening, people who know you, people who love you a disservice. You know, yeah. I, the, the, the person who keeps coming to my mind is Carly. And yeah. I'm just like, because nobody, I don't think anybody really knows your story better than you is, is, is Carly. Right. You know, and I'm just like, I, yeah. I'm like, Carly's going to listen to this. And I was like, and I just, I don't want to do, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. want to do him a disservice. You, I don't. So I'm like, ah, oh, like I'm, just, I'm, I'm going to text him. I'm going to cancel. I'm going to cancel. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we didn't. I, I've, I've looked at this, the situation that I find myself in, yeah. and that it's truly, you know, making lemonade out of lemons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there, hopefully, there's, there are things here to be learned, or that you can. I'm not the voice of experience, you know, mm-hmm. I, it, it, it's, it's just simply something that if what I have to say resonates with you, great. Um, you know, I've, you know, there's no question that through my life I've had issues with, yeah. you know, mental health, depression, and that uh, runs in the family kind of thing. And that, uh, you know, you, you do all the things that you're supposed to do. You seek counseling, yeah. you know, you use pharmacological approaches if those are appropriate. And, you know, through the years we've tried all those and yeah. really nothing short of physical activity has been a, uh, a help wow. in this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, just, just to make a quick side note, um, counseling is not a bad thing. No, <laughs> I, I don't know why, but counseling is really, see, that's, Counseling is incredibly hard because you have to find the right fit. I agree. I've gone through four wow. different counselors in my time, uh, not including the guy, the folks at ECMC, mm-hmm. um, and that uh, you know I, I still haven't found the pers- perfect person who resonates oh, with I can me. Imagine, yeah. But uh, you know, the the last person I've been working with is. Much better only because I'm much better. I'm not, uh, I'm being honest, mm-hmm. you know, because before leading up to this, yeah, there were you, things you hold that, back. Yeah, yeah oh, yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really want to hear all this stuff? Wow. Part two. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was, um, sometimes you got to hit bottom. Right. And that, uh, you know, you, we had a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Everything came together at one time. And if you if you wrote this as a script and took the Hollywood, you know the last six months of my life, nobody would believe it. <laughs> but I'm you know the the fortunate thing is you know I've I stared into the abyss. Yeah. Um, and literally, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that uh, it was only <clears throat> you know my phone blowing up, the computer blowing up, uh, you know people who. <laughs> Literally, we're saying, "Don't do it." Yeah. Um, that um, kept me Where from blowing are. my head off. Yeah, and you know, it was it was 
literally is that close. Literally, yeah. And we, we can't emphasize the word literally enough here. That's <laughs> It's not a... Uh... But what I, I've, one of the interesting things that I found in this whole process uh, was that, you know, having had that true life or death moment, mm-hmm. I would ideate, I would fix prior to that event, I would always have uh, thoughts, suicidal thoughts. Yeah. And it didn't matter whether I was in therapy, out of therapy, on, you know, using medication or not using medication. Yeah. Um, I've had those thoughts since I was, well, you know, maybe 16. God. Um, and you know, they would cycle. You know, you could go months, sometimes years without having them. Yeah. And other times it would be a, you know, daily mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but it hasn't been until the fact that I, with the stark reality of the gun in your mouth, that uh, I don't have those dreams anymore. I don't right. have, it, it's, I've been six months, almost seven months now, mm-hmm. where I haven't had any of those thoughts thoughts come, yeah. come into play and it's been inc- incredibly liberating and you know <laughs> here did, you are yeah. you know here you are you, you know you're going through a divorce you're going through cancer treatments you don't know <laughs> whether the cancer treatments have worked um and yet i'm not uh you know, i'm not going to dark places so you know do i consider myself cured and past that no, but I certainly know that I can deal with the vicissitudes of life as they present themselves, right. and that I'm able to rise to the challenge. Yeah, I, I think I said this to a couple of friends the other day that uh, I su- I'm surprising myself in my resilience yeah. through this whole process. It seems that it, it, you know, if I look back on to the course of my life, that it's you know, really, you know, dark times when I rise to the challenge. I I need to I need to be put in turmoil mm-hmm. or in distress for me to respond and make the next evolution. It's called uh, anti fragile. Yeah, anti fragile. There's uh, I've read the book. Have you? Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. read the book. Nicholas Nassim Taleb. God, it's the hardest book I've ever read. Oh, he's he's just. It's too smart. Yeah. And like you said, I'm going to ha- give it a second. Uh, I, I made it like a quarter of the way through, and I was like, I, I am not smart enough. I this. had to read that in, in bits and pieces, literally. Yeah. Normally, I'll take a book, and I'll just devour it. Mm-hmm. I had to take him, not even chapter by chapter, but I had to take Page him, by page. Yeah. 100%. That's okay. Much. So I, I feel a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. <laughs> Do we miss anything? I don't. I- I think we've covered everything. I think so too. I mean, we're 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 at the hour forty five mark. <laughs> well, you know, unfortunately, you, I can't. You, you've got somebody here who was inoculated with a phonograph needle. Yeah. You know, I'll talk forever. That's. I mean, that's that's. Yeah. When you reached out to me last year and you were like, "I'd love to be on your podcast," and I'm like, "It's about time." First off, somebody reached out to me, and secondly, I. I yeah. Yeah, we've been planning this. We've been planning that this for a while. And right? I, I mean, I I I I keep taking these like breaks, and last year. Um, Right around August, September, I just kind of stopped. We we got married, and I just I, I didn't feel like doing it. You Again, know, you got, a, you got a lot yeah, of things. Things just you know got in the way. Um, made I your mean, life of this. This takes you know a couple hours out of my life. So it's I really didn't have an excuse. This isn't a full time thing. And then uh, I started back up again, and then COVID hit, and then I was like, nobody's coming over. I'm not going anywhere. Right. I don't want to be the person who's doing Skype interviews. I don't like the sound quality, and right. so I was like, I'll just wait. 
And then things start to kind of clear up a little bit. And uh, I'm like, okay, I guess now's a good time. I'll just I'll kind of throw it out there, and whoever responds, responds. And yeah, I, yeah you said yes, and I said, perfect, let's do it. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm really yeah, it's you know, really it's, really it's part of happy. It's know. part of uh, <laughs> it's part of the process that yeah. I'm working through. Yeah, and that you know I'm happy to share the highs and the lows. Yeah. Uh, you know I. Uh, it's been it's uh everybody goes through a process everybody has their own themes everybody has the days weeks months years that yeah. just aren't going well for them and that uh if hearing some hearing about somebody else's life story you know if you if you look at it just on paper ah you know sort of a golden life right you know, yeah, everybody, everybody has issues yeah. to deal with. It's not a page to page. This is a decades upon yeah. decades of yeah. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm really, uh, really fortunate to have people like you and Carly, who will come on and talk about it. You know, yep. You know about depression, mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah. it, it, it is what it is, unfortunately, <laughs> and that, uh, you know, there, sh- there shouldn't. Societally, mm-hmm. there shouldn't be the stigma that exists as it does. I agree. Uh, I think, fortunately, within our community, um, we're open about it. We're incredibly open and uh, understanding, and that uh, you know, willing to put themselves willing to put themselves out there yeah. to be a safety net. Yeah, and that. Uh, Until you're in that position mm-hmm. where you need the safety net, um, you don't. You can't believe how big how big it is. Yeah. Um, and I consider you know I consider myself an incredibly fortunate. God works in mysterious ways, and that uh, you know if, if this situation had happened four years ago, mm-hmm. I would not have had the breadth and depth. Yeah. of support that I have today, you know, and not only, you know, you know, I've, I've thrown a lot of bread on the waters over the years mm-hmm. and, you know, the, you know, the, the people that that's attracted, I thought I'd run off. Uh, but they're still there. They're still there. Yeah. And then my, this my, whole, yeah. this whole new community, uh, I remember, you know, saying to Nate or saying when I was at ECMC, uh, Nate and Kate come down. I think uh, a couple of my friends from the squash community there at the same time. And I just said I was trying to explain, you know, who Nate and Kate were to my friends, other friends. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I'm sort of an oddity, you know, within the you know, the, the community there. I'm a, I'm an older guy. I you know I, I come from a different, completely different background yeah. and whatnot." And Nate looked at me. He goes, "You know, no, you're not an oddity. Yeah, yeah, we." We we love you. The only thing you're just a little bit older. That's yeah. literally the only difference, right? It's, it's that, still the yeah, same. I, I thought it was a curiosity. I think it's, <laughs> a curiosity is the, the way I describe it. He goes, "No, man, you just you want yeah. one, one of us. Yeah. One of us." I, I I love Nate for that because he is such a uh, he makes mulch for a living. You know, obviously he does a lot more than that. But you you know, Nate, Nate's a perfect. You don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Example. You know, you look at him. He's got the dirty hands from mulch and a lip full of dip and. And Nate is seriously the most sensitive, like biggest heart, just giant 
Yep. You talk about another giant teddy bear. Yeah. You know, and he talked to, he'll text me every once in a while and he's like, I miss you. And I'm like, I miss you too. Man. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I don't reach out enough. Yeah. And, but yeah, yeah. Nate, Nate's, Nate's just, but then, you know, to, to, to see the people who came down yeah. while I was at ECMC and that, uh, to realize that you need to get out of your own head, you know, you, cause you're thinking bad thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you've got a voice that's back there. That's just saying, trying to convince you that you have no value, no right. merit, no worth. Just won't shut up. Yeah. Real, and <laughs> that's, you know, I, that's one of my visualization techniques these days is shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. When the voice starts, shut the fuck up and it goes away because yeah. I've, I've learned how to, you know, I'm learning how to turn it off, but you know, uh, Nate and then, you know, my other, one of my other friends, Pete Linder just said, you know, take a look around you and see the, the number of people mm-hmm. and the variety of people that are behind you and this, yeah. and try and understand, look at yourself through their eyes. Yeah. If they see worth, in you value in what you bring to the table right then just turn off all the rest of the internal dialogue and trust them yeah that's and i million million dollar answer right or million dollar kind of uh yeah that's the payoff treatment right there that's That's the payoff that's today it's not even a million that's 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 priceless you know what i mean and life it's life-saving and i did and i over the past six months i have used that you know know, i'm having a bad day here and the voice starts up again you know, no. Shut up. You know, you shut, got, shut the fuck up. And <laughs> you know, people think that they're you have you have yeah. value. It's yeah. as simple as that. So that we're in a good place. I'm looking forward to coming out of house arrest. You know, getting back into being a, a yeah. little being a social animal on my on my terms and yeah. and uh, going on to this the second act of my life, as it were. Uh, you know, on uh, Monday I get my first PSA test back, mm-hmm. and we get to see um, how well the radiation uh, did its thing. But that, uh, regardless, you know, using the old yeah. Stoic approach of philosophy, each day is a gift. You know, mm-hmm. you, you don't know if you're going to get hit by a bus the next day, so make the most yeah. of the day that's in front of you. Yeah. Um, the impediment yeah. to action advances action. Yeah. What stands in the way becomes the way. So that, my, uh, uh, you know, this is part of that process. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate the opportunity. I hope that uh, we haven't bored people out there. I, I hope. I don't think so. I hope not. Maybe Carl, he probably turned this off already. He's a <laughs> terrible human. But that uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, Raw Nats 2021. Well, you know, actually, I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking forward to Mustache Mayhem. What will it be for? Yeah, mustache. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's uh, that is my next goal. You know, is to get on the platform there. Don't care what the numbers are. Mm-hmm. Just get on the platform. But then Ron Nats, whenever, you know, the next Ron yeah, Nats yeah. that I'm up for certainly not this year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm back on the platform and I want to be. Uh, I want to see. Raw, I want to be a Raw Masters four. Mm-hmm. And if I can get to be a Raw Masters five, it'll be just great. Uh, beautiful. Listen, man, I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much for coming down to my. Uh, little basement the sanctum sanctorum <laughs> down here we we named it uh the geller home for muscles i think it was, or the geller gym for, i don't remember what we uh we deemed it but yeah so thank well you. i'm glad we did did this particular format because uh you know i've got a face for radio and a voice for print 
I'm happy, man. Where can people find you? Uh, I am uh, JimDad150 on Instagram. There uh, you go. I, I realize I'm part of the Facebook family, but I'm not on Facebook, and my LinkedIn profile is probably 10 years too old, but I've forgotten my passwords, and I don't care. That's fine. Thank you so much, man. You I bet, Brian. Thanks, brother. We're doing the handshake, yeah. yeah.